Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is a podcast from Minute Media. If it wasn't for the concussion, part of it, I would have, uh, you know, I could have still kept it going myself. I, I, I was playing with a good team. You know, I, I look back and kick myself even. But... This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Three weeks of football in the books. Verderam is falling apart. This is stacking the box. Verderam, we're going to get into it in one second here. Are the Rams the best team in football? Are the Chiefs done? What about Seattle? Ben Roethlisberger, retire now. Verderam, you got a thought before we start this podcast? There's a lot to get to, uh, and I have I have a ton of thoughts. So let's let's get into it. But uh, right now, Rams. Through three weeks, yes, they're the best team. Joe Montana's on the podcast. So is Ben Heisler. You came to Stack in the Box. It starts right now. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Matthew Stafford for MVP. The Rams winning Super Bowls at home. It's all there, Verderam. That's where we're at right now, baby. We are through three weeks. Look, you know, it'd be funny. You, you never had a team even play in a Super Bowl they hosted. Now you go two for two in, in the last two years. That'd be interesting. Um, it is September 28th, and people are going to make grand, insane declarations based off of what we've seen to this point. Right now, the Rams are the best team in football, right? Like, they, they're 3-0. and They just wallop Tampa. I mean, the, the most impressive part of that game wasn't that they won. It's how physically they just beat them up. I mean, they just – they beat the hell out of Tampa. And we're going to get to some other teams that are elite that are struggling defensively, the Chiefs and the Seahawks among them. Um, the Buccaneers have been awful on defense. Awful. Like, that has been a problem all season long for them. Dallas lit them up. Atlanta – who hasn't been able to score a point in the other two games they've played, essentially. They've lit them up. The Rams missed a couple of wide-open touchdowns on deep throws and still scored 34 points. So, that issues. But, yes, right now, Stafford's playing great. The Rams look very good. And I think you've got to say, when you factor in just all both sides of the ball, the coaching, they are the most complete team right now after three weeks. Let me make a declaration that I'm extremely confident in. Matthew Stafford got screwed playing in Detroit. 
if he had been on a, re- a reasonable football team in a reasonable organization, his career, as great as it's been, would be looked at in a whole different way, similar to the way, by the way, and not as talented, but the way Sam Darnold is recreating his career. And I'll even go as far as to say the way Mitch Trubisky is recreating his career. Oh. He's just sitting there in Buffalo, and he's trending upwards. Because That's of a what's- Chicago thing. No, he's not. He's yes. not trending. He's trending on it's, left bench. No, 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 no. Ryan Clark on ESPN, national, talking bears, got up there and said he apologizes to Mitchell Trubisky. It's a national thing that Trubisky is on the table as a halfway okay quarterback because he got so screwed playing in Chicago with that bozo who's still there. So I, I, I don't think it's just a Chicago thing. I'm seeing national people. like The, the Bears have been a huge national topic. But getting back on point here, this Stafford and the Rams ain't going away, man. No, they're not. I mean, they're not. They're not. They're very good. They've got two very good receivers, nice tight end and Higby. The line is maybe the one concern. Like Whitworth is a hundred years old. They still good at left tackle. They, you know, they've got some other spots there that are a little weak, but here's where I'm at with the Rams. Okay. You try to take out some overreaction. The Rams are a very good team. And right now they're the best team in football. Right now is a big part of that sentence. This is a long season. It's a long season. Teams get exposed. Like the Rams are the benefit right now. There's not a lot of tape on how they're going to play with Stafford because they've only played three games. They beat the Bears, who are absolutely hideous, and the Colts, who don't have a win. Like I'm not. And and of course, they beat Tampa, who's a great team. I absolutely believe in the Rams. My point is, I, I think. You look at this from the prism, at least I do, of January. If they played the Bucks again in January with Brady, how good would you feel? Good. You'd feel good? I would. Okay. Oh, that's And that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. My point is, like, I'd still pick Tampa to win the game. I just would. Um, and, I, and, and I'll be in full disclosure, a lot of it because of Brady. And he just wins those games and he finds ways and all the rest, right? The other part of it is, you know, you'll, I, I would take the Rams over the Packers. I don't think the Packers could stop them. I think the Rams would score 40 points if they had to. But could Aaron Rodgers go in there and just have a day where they just beat him? Yeah, I will say this. I think the Rams are set up to beat the Packers in the sense Donald against, against the interior and Ramsey on Adams. But, look, the Rams right now, I'm a believer, I'm a buyer. We've talked about this. We've both been since before the season began. like the Rams a lot. They're 3-0. and They look great. See, don't tell anyone, but, and I don't know if this being is being recorded or published anywhere, so I'll just say it. I've always been, except for when I was really a kid and Charles Martin was running around and dumping Jim McMahon on Soldier Field turf, I've always respected Green Bay because of I've enjoyed Favre, I've enjoyed Rodgers. We're talking about, th- whatever, th- almost 30 years of football at this point. Yep. A- and, uh, and I love the fact that it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in Lambeau Field. So I have like, I, I'd love to see the Packers continue to go for it. I loved Rodgers on Sunday night. I loved him with, I mean, 40 seconds, 39 seconds to go. That's right. We're going to get in range and we're going to kick a 52 yard field goal. And I'm going to act like it's the first football game that I've ever played in. I mean, don't question his motivation for another second, by the way, he is, that dude is, is he's bad. all in. He's all in. He's all in. He's yes. all in. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not saying the Packers are, going to be there at the end, but I, it wouldn't, it, I'd love to see it if they There'll were. There'll be a threat because yeah. of him. So, all right. 
let's go panic meter time. By the way, and and we're doing it, and and a zillion other people are doing it, and I it's one of my worst sports radio topics ever. Is it time to panic? I just have never understood what panicking means. If you tell me to panic, and I'm a Chiefs fan, it's time to panic. I mean, what does that mean? Should you run out to, to Joe's and, and get two slabs of ribs? Do you hide under the table? Do you never watch football again? It's time to panic. Like, what, what, what are we supposed to do? If panic time. You, are you supposed to, like, quit your job and, 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 and have a career metamorphosis? Verter, I'm like, how do you panic? Tell, explain panicking to me. The only time I can ever think of actually a panic is if you're watching your baseball team in the playoffs and it's two strikes and three and two and there's a runner on third or maybe the bases are loaded and there's two outs and you go underneath the table because you can't watch. Like, to me, that's a panic. But other than that, in the moment, I don't know what it means to panic like in the middle of a, a week three into week four. Level of concern? But what I is guess. That, uh, Okay, so, so now we're moving from panicking to – is is there a is there a well, greater- it depends how big my damn level of, pan- of concern is it might be a panic so if you have a, okay you have a huge level of concern what is your panic what do you what do you what, what's panic looking like i think eight plus is a full-blown panic is it not that's fine and then like what on do you a do one how- to ten scale but i want to know how you panic how do you panic what do you do I are you gonna you drink drinking I, i'm kidding it? not really but I, I don't know that would be the answer i guess right like I don't know. Like I start chain smoking Marlboros. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't know. I, I need. I, I I don't panic often, and I don't chain smoke Marlboros. But if I did panic, maybe I would chain smoke. I don't. Please know. leave in the comments this week if you have decided to panic. What the hell that means? What do you do when you panic? It's time. Is it? And I see it. I'm like, by the way, and every topic on every. Is it time to panic? Is it panic time? Panic. Okay, it's like it's almost as bad as the argument that when we judge players, it's by how many Super Bowl wins they have versus anything else. We have no variables other than that. But it's this is actually like just I don't know. It's it's different. It's panic time. I'm time to panic. I I'm gonna go run around the block for three straight days. I mean that could be a good panic. What do you do when you panic? All right. By the way, is it time to panic for the Chiefs, Seahawks, or any of the rookie quarterbacks? Tackle it as you wish. Um, it's time to panic about Seattle's defense. I don't think it's time to panic about the overall team. Kansas City, look, I know we have a lot of Chief fans that listen to this podcast, so they, they of course, get some shine on the pod. Um, their red zone defense is so bad, it's almost impossible to believe. They've given up 12 trips into the red zone and have seen 11 touchdowns scored. And the one time they stopped the team, a touchdown was called back. Like, it has been – they don't even get the, like, third down in the red zone. It's just, like, they just hold hands with the other team and skip into the end zone together in unity. It's, it's mind-blowing. However, I, I look at the Chiefs and say they've probably played the hardest schedule of anybody this season. Like, they've played three top 10, top 12 teams. They're one and two and have played – awful in all three games and have almost won all three games. So I can't really get that worked up. Like I feel like they're still going to win like 13 games. I really do. Like I feel like they at some point are going to go on a 10 game winning streak, but I will say I have to give credit. Michael Salfino, who does some work at 538 and some other outlets, I believe as well. He said or wrote that this chief's, team reminds him of the Marino era Dolphins where the passing game was great and nothing else was any good 
And I thought about it, and I was like, I don't necessarily disagree with him. Now, the difference, I think, being that 1985 was not set up for that, or today is. Like, if you're great, like, like Marino and the Dolphins today would have been absolutely terrifying, right? Like, it wouldn't have mattered that they didn't run the ball. But there is a little bit of truth in that. Like, what do the Chiefs do other than throw the ball great that's even above average, even average? They don't do anything average. Look, the, the Chiefs have 321 yards on the ground. All right, that's a it's a it's over 100 a game. Edward Solaire, yes, he's, you know, we got a fumbling issue, but he's not fumbling the ball. But other than that, he's fine. But he's averaging four yards a carry. I mean, we all see the talent. I I don't I don't look at him like they. And you know, if we're rewinding back in time, you know, you you had you had Kareem Hunt. You could run the football. They don't need to run the football. I, I don't no. think that's. I don't. Well, I, I just it bring feels it up like a rage. Yeah, go ahead. That's fair. And I feel like it's, but I just wanted to bring it up because I did, I did kind of, I read that and went, huh, that's kind of an interesting way to look at them. I do think the difference is in the era, right? Like in the 80s, early 90s, you had to be able to run the ball, play deep. Like that's just, that's how it was. I mean, if you went to three wide in the 90s, it was like, whoa, like really, really opening it up. Like now everybody does that. Like, if you're great at throwing the ball, you're probably going to win a ton of games. Look at the Packers, right? Like, that's what the Packers do. Yes, they have Aaron Jones, but they win because they throw the ball. Um, I think the Chiefs will be fine. I think the absolute basement for Kansas City is winning the division and being, like, a two or a three seed, okay? And being the type of team that if you're Buffalo or Cleveland, like, you're really excited to see them come rolling into town in mid-January? Probably not, right? So, I do think Seattle, there's more panic because the division's a lot tougher, the rookie quarterbacks, I will I will go on a different scale here. Mac Jones aside, because I think Mac Jones has been what we all kind of expected Mac Jones to be. I have a lot of concern about, about um, Zach Wilson. And I have some legitimate concern about Trevor Lawrence. Like, Lawrence has made some huge throws. The talent's obviously there. But I'm a big believer, especially at the quarterback position, in who do you get drafted by? What is the surrounding support you know, for you? You mentioned it at the top of Trubisky, right? Now, I disagree. I think he stinks regardless. But what does Mitchell Trubisky look like if Andy Reid's coaching him? Like, I don't know. I'm not saying he's Mahomes. He's not Mahomes. But is, is he good? Is he, a, is he Derek Carr? You know, I don't know. I think that matters. Jacksonville has no infrastructure, and the Jets, my God, that team has, I mean, no support for that kid at all. It were, I'll let you speak to Fields, but I, I do really worry about those top two kids, especially Wilson, just being broken early in their careers. So we got Joe Montana come up in a second here, and we're just going to play part of our conversation with Joe. And I asked him about two quarterback systems, which, since you mentioned Fields, before Dalton got hurt – Fields played five snaps in week one, and then he ended up playing a lot more in week two because Dalton got hurt in the middle of the game. But Montana came in. People might forget he played behind DeBerg. They would bring, the, he, you know, Steve DeBerg would drive him down the field and they get in the red zone, and, and Bill Walsh would say, Go in there and get us a touchdown. And Joe will talk about it here, and it's interesting. Uh, and then on the back end of his career, you know, he. The, the opposite was happening. Hey, Steve Young, go in there for Joe. He's old. He sucks. We're going to send him off to Kansas City in a second. Um, so, but my point in bringing it up here is like how, you know, Trey, Trey Lance and 
Justin Fields were in theory going to be developed that way. The Bears panic is real because they've proven more than anything else through three games this year that they do not know how to develop a quarterback. I don't know if Mitchell Trubisky would be good or not good, but he'd be better. I am convinced that he would be better than what he got in in Chicago. So, and I mean, you got to work awful hard to have a game where you get one net yard passing one, one is the loneliest number that I ever knew. I mean, that is nearly impossible to do, which is exactly what Nagy said. I mean, if Verderam, if you quarterback the bears last week, I mean, it, it probably would have been negative 125 because you would not have been good. It wouldn't, but, but, but you, you'd have a chance. Hey, Verderam, we're going to put you in the gun. And every time you th- were, this is the strategy. You do not hold the ball for more than three seconds. You probably would pass for more than one yard. I'd be just, deceased. You, you might be deceased, but I With think Jason would, Peters, I'd have been deceased. Man. Right. Well, then that's the thing. 39-year-old left tackle who gets a call on a fishing boat from his old offensive coordinator, Juan Castillo, and his initial reaction when he sees the phone ringing is, uh-oh, I know who this is. Not sweet, I can't believe I get a chance to go back to the right. NFL, right. but uh-oh, I'm going to have a really tough decision to turn down millions of dollars to stay on this fishing boat, and I know that I'm not going to be able to do that, so I'm going to go get. I'm going to go play. I'm going to put other people, like young quarterbacks, in danger, and I'm probably going to get hurt myself, but I'm going to take the dough because I'm going to take the dough. That's the most logical thing to do, right? I, okay, but, so my point is, yes, bear situation, I don't know what's better for them. You've got Nick Foles don't, playing a guy who's not ready – does not serve him and fields is not ready. Not so much him, but the bears aren't ready to coach him up. The bears aren't ready to put him in a situation to succeed. I almost feel like it's better for him not to play. Like I, 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 I don't know how it happened on Sundays. Even possible. The NFL like 47 yards, 47 yards. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's they let, impossible. They let, they let Miles Garrett run untouched. He talked, not untouched, but in theory, I mean, he basically was untouched because Peters was there, and they moved him around some. But he talked last week how he had never been chipped more in his life, and then the Bears didn't chip him at all. The Browns had three oh. sacks coming into that game, three. I've seen – although they've been awful the past week. I, I will say, look, you see the people on the fringe of Twitter who will say – well, maybe Nagy just didn't want Fields to be successful. That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. That's nonsense. Okay. However, I do think that that game plan was so bad. And they won't do this. I'm not saying they will do it. That's a fireball game. Yeah. Like that game is so bad. There are some franchises that would have fired him. I firmly believe that. Now, the Bears won't. You and I have talked about this at length. Fine. There are other franchises in the league that would have fired him after that game. Like that, that was so embarrassing. And you just, you look at it and say, did you put an ounce of preparation to this game? Anything? I mean, how do you, like, I, I really, I never say this, but I firmly believe it in this case. I could have been the head coach in that game and it would not have been any worse. No, it would have been better because you would have let the offensive coordinator be the offensive coordinator and you would have stood on the sidelines and been a cheerleader which is what also Matt Nagy true. should do. Hello. 
and, and Ryan Pace should tell him to do, hey, dude, I want you to be successful. I don't want to fire you, but I am going to fire you from being the offensive coordinator so you have a chance to keep this job because you don't have one if you're going to be calling plays. We this is, and, and, and you can work on being an offensive guru after you're out of the NFL, and you can do what Todd Haley's doing, being an offensive coordinator for a high school. And I love Todd Haley, by the way. That, that's when you can work on your offensive coordinatorness. Not now. Not with this quarterback. Sorry, you're out. Um, before we get to Montana, since we had this in Into the Future, let's just do it now. Uh, we're, I'm, Matt Nagy's not going to be the first coach fired. If, they, if there's someone's going to get fired during the year, it's not going to be him, in, in my opinion. And I, I don't think yours either. So who do you have? You know, we're going to get into this with Ben Heisler. So I, I won't – I. I know I just said like that Nagy it's fireable, all that. We just, I, I mean, I, I think he has to be my pick only because we're, we're both based here in Chicago. I'm, I'm outside of Chicago a little bit, but in the market and you obviously right in Chicago, like the fans are going to go out of their mind. I really think we've reached the point here. You just, I, it's not even a describable thing. If you've ever been in a market where it's happy, you just kind of can feel it. They have reached a point where I, I think they're going to lose to Detroit this weekend. I really do. Like I, I, Detroit should have beaten Baltimore, and has shown a lot of fight. I just wonder if this team's ready to quit on Nagy, like just flat out lay down and go, yeah, you know what? We're gonna lose every game until he gets canned. We just don't care anymore. We don't believe in him. We don't think he believes in us. Like, I don't think it's gonna be like, like they're like purposely losing, but I just think emotionally, I wonder if they just lay down. And Detroit comes in there and beats them twenty-seven to ten. And then it's like, all right, yeah, we have no choice. I'll go with him. But you're right, Carmen, in the sense, yeah, they probably won't fire him all season long. But I they, I just look at that situation, and to me, that's the most toxic one going right now. So you're like my radio colleague, Ed O'Bradovich, is like, they have to fire him. See, you logically, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what they're going to do. Mark Tressman was a disaster. He and, was. And, and lost the locker room. Fully lost the locker room. That's one thing that Nagy, at least to this point, has not done. And they sat through a whole year with Tressman. Ten games, it was, I mean, it was well over. They were done, and they didn't do it. They're, they're not going to do it with Nagy. Uh, all right, let's hear what uh, the Hall of Famer Joe Montana has to say about two quarterback systems and also interesting stuff about Brady and how, hey, if Montana was playing in this era – he would have played as long as Brady, if not longer. The dude was forced to quit football. Good stuff here from Joe Cool right now on Stacking the Box after a quick timeout. It is always a privilege and a, just exciting to get to see Joe Montana, the four-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, but first off, Joe, you got Garoppolo, you got Trey Lance. You split time with – right when you came in, you were splitting time with Steve DeBerg. And, yeah. you know, he would lead the Niners down the field and then, then Bill Walsh said, hey, Joe, go in there and, and tell Steve he's out. Uh, and, and then Steve Young was obviously taking time from you. Can this work, two quarterbacks? I, I think it's hard. I think it's one of those positions that's really <clears throat> hard to – you need to stay in the flow of the game. I mean, I, I just don't know how you do it. I mean, it seems like they're having success at it. But how long can it stay? I think the hardest – it's harder on the starter than it is the, uh, the guy coming in. Um, you know, see, haven't seen it from both sides of the table because the quarterback, I mean, you don't change your center, right? Because the center, he's usually the guy that runs the show on the front line. And you, you can imagine what it's like if you pulled your center all the time and 
put in another center. And um, it, it just, I think it's one of those, it's probably one of the only positions that, you know, it's hard to do because you, you have to see things physically. Things happen after the ball snap and before the ball snap, what things look like. And it's that you just need to be there on a consistent basis. I mean, I, I don't know how Drew did it. Breeze, you know, when he get down the red zone and they put the other guy in because he can run. And, um, you know, here's guys won Super Bowls and they're pulling him in the red zone. <laughs> I mean, you're in the Hall of Fame. You got Super Bowl championships and all that stuff. But do you think the way you were developed helped or hurt you with that part of it? I think it helped me. I mean, our offense was pretty – uh, pretty difficult. Um, there was a lot of plays in every, I mean, when we went to the Pro Bowl with Theismann one time, when we had lost to them in the championship game. And first day, Bill put in 35 passes. And he goes, um, oh, this is great. Bill put in all our pass plays in one day. I go, you're crazy. He's going to put plays until Saturday. He goes, and I go, and this is nothing. We usually get 80 on the first day. And he's going, what? I go, yeah, we have a, by the end of the week, we have 120 passes in our game plan. And I go, he goes, how do you do that? I go, it took a long time to be able to, you know, be able to memorize the formations that go along with it because we only got, we didn't have the earpieces. So they signaled you to play and you only got to play. You didn't get the formation. So you had to memorize. And they all had at least two, two different um, formations. So it was a lot, of, a lot of time off the field. So I think the way I came along just allowed me to, get more comfortable in the system before I really was, you know, had to know it every down, every time. Let's uh, wrap up here with your, uh, your last stop, the Kansas city chiefs. When you watch Patrick Mahomes, do you ever feel like, you know what, that's sort of the way I used to play. <laughs> that's sort of the way nobody used to play. <laughs> he's uh, he's pretty special. You know, they're, they, they're lucky. They got, they got found himself one, a pretty unique one. And, uh, it, he's just a, one of those guys that when you turn on the TV, if he's on, you want to watch him. He's fun, he's fun, fun to watch, and you know, he probably can lay down and throw the ball on his back from. Uh, but he can do just about everything that you want him to do. Talent-wise, have you ever seen anybody play the position better? I, I don't think so. I mean, when you look at him from the pocket, outside the pocket, um, his ability to do things whether he's running right, running left. Um, doesn't really matter to him and uh he's got a great feel of that offense and, and uh he's playing by the way they lost last week but um yeah i still i still see them being more you know the team to be to get back to the super bowl so the chiefs defense doesn't concern joe montana not overly well, not when you have a scoring machine it's sort of like you know tampa's <laughs> right you you got guys throwing you know scoring 35, 40 points a game, you, you got to outscore them uh, to get there. And, uh, you know, the people have been scoring a lot of points on them, but they've just been scoring more uh, already in Tampa. And so it's when you have the ability that that offense has, it's, you know, you, know, you yeah, you just got to keep – your defense just has to keep you in the game. You can't, you know, and they have to make a stop when they need it. But uh, in most cases, you know, the rules are set for the offense these days. So, <laughs> yeah. Last one for real, since you brought it up, uh, Tom Brady, Tampa. How is he still doing it at this, at this age, Joe Montana? This, I mean, it's crazy, yeah. right? You know what? I think a lot of guys still would be playing. I don't. I, I was surprised to see Drew step back. 
um, with the rules the way they are and, you know, not being in the protection there for the quarterback is uh, makes the game a little bit different. And, and I, I hate to use the word easier, but I'll just say easier at that level. You know, when you know that that guy who's coming right down the barrel and you have to step into it and make the throw, you know, he can't hit you where before it's like, I'm going to get planted. So, and that was the difference between quarterbacks. Can I stay in who can stay in there, deliver the ball accurately, knowing that you're going to get 300 pounds compressing you in the ground in two seconds. So it's a different game for them. And health wise, you know, I, you know, I still look back on when I retired and, if it wasn't for the concussion part of it, I would have, uh, you know, I could have still kept it going myself. I, I, I was playing with a good team. You know, I, I look back and kick myself even, but even at that point, but physically I just, I'd had enough of it. And I look, I wanted to stay, I looked at the rest of my life and my kids and the ages they were at. And I wanted to be able to do things with them still physically. And still, unfortunately, still had 27 surgeries, but <laughs> that's insane. But, uh, I was going to say, I've heard you say that 27 surgeries. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. There's, there's a cost of football. Hey, Joe, it's always awesome to catch up with you. We'll see you soon. All right, man. Appreciate the time. Take care. Man. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Speaking of old quarterbacks, Verderamus, we go into the future. Ben Roethlisberger, it's over. We all know it. Do you think he makes it through the year as a starting quarterback for the Steelers? If he's healthy, yeah. And I don't and, and look, if they had any backup at all, I don't think that'd be the case. But who the hell are they playing? Who are they playing? I, I don't tell me to me these Neanderthals come out with with oh, what about Dwayne Haskins? What about Dwayne Haskins? You're gonna bench Ben Roethlisberger for Dwayne Haskins? Stop it. Did you I mean, just so tell any people, <laughs> so many people are just morons to come Does out with this stuff? Hey, they're just idiots. I'm sorry. I have no time for this. Like, just stop. We, we got to give Dwayne Haskins a shot. Really? You really have to give Dwayne Haskins a shot? I don't think so. And by the way, like Mason Rudolph, better than Dwayne Haskins, but still terrible. Like, you're not – look, if they had an option, like if they had Trey Lance or somebody like that on the bench, I think they would make the move. They don't. They don't. So if you're them, like, what are you going to – you're going to bench him for what? to be just as bad at the position, if not worse. I think you're going to ride it out. I do. I think you're playing him 17 games. I don't think you're making the playoffs. I mean, I look at Pittsburgh, and I don't know. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Where are they in the rankings in the AFC? Where are they? 10th? Something like that? They're not good. I think they'll ride it out. Well, and to your point there, though, if you're, if you're not going to p- play Dwayne Haskins when you're 10th and you know it's over – you're just starting him because you want to show him the respect that he deserves for being the incredible Hall of Fame player that he's been in Pittsburgh. Is that it? I mean, yeah, and again, because they don't have a better option. Like, I just, yes. I, I think I think it's a real, remember, okay, so remember a couple of, of years ago, Eli Manning got benched for Geno Smith. 
And there was like a borderline revolt when that happened. And it happened for one game. And Geno Smith was predictably terrible. And the Giants were like, oh, yeah, sorry about that, Eli. Here's the rest of the season. I feel like with Roethlisberger, and I don't normally do this because pro sports fans win at all costs every day. I think they almost owe it to him. Let him play it out. Let him play it out. And if you go 6-11, and 7-10, then you do. And you'll live with it. And you draft a quarterback next year. Also, somehow, someway, the Steelers have always found ways to win games with Mike Tomlin. So, True. They're they, out of losing they, season. They, they, they might end up having a much better record than they actually should have based on their talent level. But, it, look, you look through the AFC, uh, who are they better than right now definitively? The Jets. Um, Jacksonville. Indy, Houston, I think you can say that all, and that's it. I think that yeah. that's a, a definitively better than those teams. I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, it's not not I, a big list. But I, I, if I was a Steelers fan, and when you get in, and this thing did go south, and you got to whatever four and seven or something like that, right? Which, which seems about right. You wanted to spin it out with Dwayne Haskins. I it wouldn't. I I'd want to see it because. Um, you know, you got to move to the future at some point, and I would want to give Ben a standing ovation every time he stepped on the field, something along those lines. Uh, all right, who's the worst team in football, Verderam? Who ends with the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft? That's right, we're already looking ahead after three weeks. Uh, well, I think I think we've we've got an idea of what a lot of teams are, and I'll tell you right now, the Jets are the worst team in football. I think it's close. Like Jacksonville's got a, got an argument, so those two teams have really improved after having the first and second overall picks. Um, the Jets can't score. I mean, they can't score a point. It's incredible how bad they are. I mean, they get shut out in Denver. They score before garbage time, eight points, something like that, in Carolina. They scored six, I believe, against against the. Um, Against the 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 the, uh, the Pats, sorry, they're hideous. That team's lucky if it wins two games. It really is. That team is god awful. You know, I'm doing uh, big man bets with Nick Mangold, the proud Jet, and he was out in front. Well, long before big man bets, saying that he thought that Sam Darnold got a rough ride in New York, and they did not put him in position to win. So that makes it triply hard to evaluate Zach Wilson but yeah they've uh they've scored 20 points in three games and they've got the Titans this week and the Falcons both at home the next two weeks and they go to New England they got the Bengals and you're at the Colts those are some some options so if you're gonna win a game it better be coming quick here I, I I'm serious like I never pick a team to go on 17 or on 16 or whatever I, I I'm not picking the Jets to not win a game they're arguably worse than they were a year ago like, this is hilariously bad. Hilariously bad. They they have nobody. Who's the, who is the best player on the Jets? On December 26th, they host Jacksonville. Could that be a battle of winless teams? No, but it's it's absolutely probably for the number one pick. That that is I would love a, a winless Jets versus a winless Jags. You'd have me tuned in for the Wilson battle versus Lawrence the day after Christmas. Let's go. By the way, Wilson's thrown 30 picks in his sleep this year. <laughs> I'm not going to easily, easily going to throw 30 picks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of throwing picks, 
let, let's just touch on this uh, quickly or not that quickly, however long you want to go. And we're going to hit it up a bunch here with, with uh, Ben Heisler in our uh, bet segment here. Our last game we're going to do is Tampa and New England. But what are you looking forward to here with the Bucks and the Pats this weekend? Just the atmosphere. You know, you don't get games like this very often. You really don't. You know, Jordan's return to Chicago. Um, you know, but that was almost even a little different, right? Like, it, it was – the Wizards were terrible. The Bulls were bad. Like, like, like Brady just won a Super Bowl. Like yeah. he just left his, you, you know, to, to use the analogy, right? Like he just left his significant other and like upgraded in their face, right? There's a, there's a lot of that. Um, I, I here, thought, of, yeah, go ahead. I, no, but I, I just love that you brought up uh, the Bulls and and, the, and and Jordan and that whole thing because I, I do wonder if you're a New England fan. Like I went to that game. Jordan comes back. I was rooting. 1,000% for the Wizards and Michael to beat the Bulls. I mean, I wanted him to win by 40 and, and dunk all over Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause. Did they win that night? I th- I think they snuck by. I don't even remember, to be honest. Uh, but I, I think I think the Wizards won that game, and Mike played okay. He had some great moments the first year with Washington that gets uh, not talked about, but that's not for this time. I'm one. If you're a New England fan, are you rooting for the Pats? Or are you rooting for Brady? Because I think there's got to be at least some people in that stadium that like feel bitter that Brady's not there, and they'll root for him to beat New England. Oh, I think there will be, and you know, I think most people will cheer him and give him a massive ovation. And whoever boos him is immoral. I mean, how could you boo the guy? Now, but, I, I thought about that. Do you really? You know, we just had Montana on the podcast, which, by the way, not getting to interview him is one of the great regrets of my entire career. So that's got to be rectified next time we have him on. Uh, no uh, problem. Um, it's a tragedy. Although I'm not in control of these things, but I, I don't I, care who is. It's a tragedy. I um, agree. But um, listen, I think, you know, Montana got to play against the Niners when he was with Kansas City, but it was at Arrowhead. It was, you know, he never went back and played a candlestick. Um, you know, Unitas never went back and played against Baltimore that one year he was with the Chargers. Uh, you, you don't have that many examples in the NFL. Of course, Marino played his whole career in Miami. Stall back with the Cowboys, Bradshaw. Now, there's not, you know, there's really not that many examples of a moment like this in the NFL of the great conquering hero return. Most of those guys, especially, you know, most talking quarterbacks, they played their whole careers with these teams. I mean, the only example I can think of was Manning with going back to Indianapolis. And Luck beat him in that game and beat him pretty good on Sunday Night Football. Yep. Um, so that's, that's an example. Right, but that's probably about the best one. Again, Montana would have been the would have been the best one, but he played the game in Arrowhead and he won the game. He beat a team that ended up going on to winning the Super Bowl. But I expect the Bucks to to play very very well. Like so, we'll get that with Ben Heisler. But I, you know, I expect it to be a very emotional night. I expect Brady to be amped up, and I expect him to play very very well in the game. I mean, the guy's played in 7,000 huge games, but as far as the regular season goes in his oh, this career, is number one. this has got to be number one. It is. It number has one. to be. I'm going back to New England to play Belichick. I, I, I will even go a step further. I wonder, does this mean more to him in some ways than some of the Super Bowls? I'm guessing not because I don't think he's super bitter at New England. Like, I think mostly he appreciates him. Like Rogers going back to Green Bay, if that happens down the line, that'll be that'll be like when Favre went back. Yeah, I mean that yes. that and, and yeah, 
very probably very equal because Brett wasn't thrilled either. But Aaron's is 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 honestly like Aaron has more beef right for, for beef than Brett. Yeah, like you know, Jordan Love get the you know what out of here. Um, but I I I I just I I love the drama. Uh, quickly before we get to Heisler, let's we'll everybody enjoy Sunday night. Panthers three and zero. You got them in the playoffs. I do. I, I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a very improved team, and I think they're a capable one. They have some big injuries, um, but their schedule is really light. They do not have a hard schedule. You go down, and I, I won't sit here and reel them off. If you go down and look at their schedule, they, they should definitely win 10 games. They really should. And if you're looking at the conference, who's, who's going to beat them out? I mean, okay, so let's say the Bucs win the division, the Packers win their division, Cowboys win their division. Other than Carolina, is anybody else making the playoffs out of that group? I mean, maybe Minnesota, maybe New Orleans. But you could certainly make the argument for Carolina over both those teams. And in the NFC West, well, I think it's a great division. I don't think all four are getting it. So, yeah, I, I actually like Carolina. Darnold, I'm happy for. For sure. Dude, I mean, he's he's not uh, you know playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he's, he's pretty damn good. I mean, quarterback rating nearly 100. He's thrown – Three touchdowns, only picked off once. Completion percentage up near 70. Out of New York. You go, Sam Darnold. Congratulations, buddy. Uh, and I picked the Panthers to be in the playoffs, I think, for my last NFC team when we did at the start of the season. So feeling good on that one at 3-0. and All right, quick timeout. We'll get to place your bets with Ben Heisler from BetSided. And, uh, of course, all your odds when you're checking them out, go to winbet.com, W. Y-N-N-B-E-T dot com Stack in the box And as promised the managing editor from BetSided BetSided.com If you're not going there we're going to find you and we're going to hunt you down along with Fansided.com Damn it Uh, And yes go to WinBet.com for all your football and everything else odds Ben Heisler have you gotten one game wrong all year so far? Not the ones I'm counting Nope (laughs) We're we're just cruising along completely undefeated. No, I, of course we've gotten things wrong. I was I was on this very show last week uh, when we recorded on Tuesday, and me telling the world that I thought that the the Steelers had a chance to be a survivor pick. So we get things wrong all the time. I think the difference between us and a lot of other sites that talk about betting content is that we'll laugh at it and we'll hold ourselves accountable and try to do better the next week. We've got some no. really smart dudes over on the staff, and we're we're getting a little bit better each week, but yeah, we, we absolutely get things wrong. We just own it. I'm here to lie for you, Ben. That's what I I appreciate that. that. You know, Verderam, you don't have any problem with me lying, right? Why start now? Right, exactly. All right. We got six games here, team, and it's a very interesting week. We'll hit the bucks and the pats on the last one here, but let's start with the red hot, at least uh, from a Chicago bears perspective, at least somewhat, although I don't even think, that the Bears are giving Cleveland credit for how bad the Bears are. But Cleveland is a two-point favorite on the road at Minnesota. The Vikings coming to life last week. One of the lower totals this week. Uh, well, actually, probably more in the middle, but 52 and a half. Ben, you rolling with the Browns? This is a really tough game to handicap. I I'm, think the odds makers got this one right, and we've already seen the line tick up just a little bit towards Cleveland, which makes sense considering – what they did, it was sort of the number two broadcast on Fox, watching Justin Fields and Matt Nagy get completely dismantled was was abysmal. Uh, but Minnesota also had a nice win in the afternoon in their own rights. 
and they shut down Seattle and gave them zero points in the second half. So I, I think this is about trying to understand where the public is going. You know, the Bears' incompetence is leading a lot of people to back on Cleveland right now. And the Vikings' offense has been really good, but if you also look at their second halves the last couple of games, they've been very pedestrian, and they've taken their foot off the pedal when Kirk Cousins has been outstanding in the first half. So I'm looking at this matchup with Kevin Stefanski going up against his former team. Mike Zimmer, they know each other fairly well. They know their strengths and weaknesses. Stefanski's going to know what Kirk Cousins is able to do and what his strengths and weaknesses are. I kind of like the total as opposed to taking a side here. I'm going to go under 52 and a half. We've seen this line actually go up a couple of points over at WinBet as well. Uh, It just feels to me that if you're trying to pick on either one of these sides, I think both teams have an equal chance here. And I think it's going to be a little bit more defensive oriented than most people expect, given how much Minnesota has put points on the board and also with Cleveland, knowing that a lot of teams can score on Minnesota. So I think we're going to see a little bit better defense here, especially knowing what we saw from last week with both of these two teams. Ram, the Vikings could be three and out, damn it. Um, yeah. They're not, but they could be. <laughs> um, that said, I'm picking Minnesota outright win the game. Like, I don't know. I don't know how good Cleveland is. I think they're really good. Like I've I've liked them since the offseason. I know Carmen and I talked about them a lot this offseason. I like, but their defense has not been very good. And I know that's a weird thing to say when you look at oh my God, they held Chicago to 47 yards. I think that's more of a Chicago problem than it is like, wow, Cleveland's a steel curtain all of a sudden. They got torched by Kansas City. And before he got hurt, Tyrod Taylor was going up and down the field on Cleveland with no problem whatsoever. Like, I think Minnesota is better than people think. They're a weird team. I, if I were a betting man, I'd never bet on them because they're just bizarre. They can lose any game. They can win any game. Um, but they're at home. I like them in this game. I think it's a coin flip of a game. But I like if you're giving me points, I'll take the points. And I, I think the Vikings win by a field goal or so. You get two, so you win by five based on, uh, let's call it, Verderam logic. Uh yeah, I that that I just you know I I see Cleveland, I see Minnesota, and I think Chicago, and I want to move along from uh, the now famous narrative that the Bears messed up Mitchell Trubisky. But I'll stop talking Chicago Bears football. Uh, and by the way, I'm writing these picks down right now, which I have not done in other weeks. So you two are going to be I'm going to be coming back next week with exactly what happened. Damn it! So that's the, pre- the pressure is is officially on. All right, let's move to game two, which is your pathetic Chiefs back to back yeah. for him. What's up, man? I thought they were going to go 20 and 0. Six point favorite, though, at Philly, who looked terrible on Monday night. They opened at six, seven and a half now. Seven uh-huh. and a half. Bend it up. We, we talked about them at the beginning of the show. Um, look, they, they never cover, ever. Uh, we talked about this last week, and I remember I remember someone on this podcast, Mark Harmon, saying the Chiefs were going to blow out the Chargers. How'd that go? Um, not I didn't so say much. That. I never they, said. Oh, that. we can roll the tape. <laughs> you know, absolutely said it. That, that being said, I will say, if they're ever going to cover a spread, this is it. I mean, you've lost two in a row. Philly's on a short week. They're all beat up on the offensive line. They don't have a single weapon who's a Pro Bowl caliber player. There's not one, right? Like, no offense to Devonta Smith, Miles Sant- None of those guys are Pro Bowl level players. The quarterback, I like Hurts' potential. At this point, he's bottom third Stinks. of the league. Stinks. If Kansas City doesn't beat that team by 10, 13 points, 
every alarm bell in, in the world should be going off about the Chiefs. So I, I did not pick them to cover week one. I picked them to cover week two. I didn't pick them to cover last week. I think they will. I think they will actually cover the spread. I do. I think they will win this game. I think they will win it going away. It's rough, right? Watching what Kansas City has sort of become of themselves. And I actually wrote about this over at Betsided this week that if you're going to find an opportunity to find value in Kansas City, it's probably now. We've seen their Super Bowl odds go from opening up at plus 450 now to seven to one uh, behind Tampa Bay still. And you got the Rams and other teams starting to close in Packers as well. Uh, you're right, Verderam. Like this is a game that they absolutely need to win and win big, uh, giving them a little bit of momentum and feeling good about themselves because they got Buffalo at home on Sunday night football the following week. And Buffalo, after a, a bad loss in week one, uh, has started to flex their muscles a little bit as that team in the AFC. That's going to be around for a while, and you're not going to want to mess with them. Uh, and Josh Allen is getting back to that MVP type of level that we've seen from him for throughout most of last year. But I mean, if you're looking at actual numbers with how bad the Chiefs have been against the spread, they started off middle of a couple years ago going 15-2 and against the spread. They, they couldn't miss. And now they're 1-12-1 against the spread over the last 14 games. Like, there's a part of me that wishes that the Eagles just would have shown up a little bit on Monday night so we could have gotten the Chiefs at maybe a better number here. But they didn't. And I think everybody is sort of siding with Verderam here, thinking, like, this has to be the week. But seven and a half after this record against the spread on the road at Philadelphia with your, your head coach currently in the hospital? Something feels off again, and this number is going to continue to climb because everyone's going to say this is the week for Kansas City. I, If the number goes back down, we talked about how it opened initially at six. I would have loved to tease the Chiefs as part of a two-team teaser and get them at a pick because they're going to win the game. But now that you're up to, to seven and a half, it just feels like a, a stay away for me at this point. I, If I had to take a pick, I'd probably – hold my nose and take the Eagles at plus seven and a half. Cause that's just what you do for home teams getting seven and a half, uh, even against teams like the chiefs. But I, I just can't bet on them they, right now. It's just they've not in good so, conscience. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. They've been awful in the red zone and they have no pass rush. The thing in this game, and I, maybe I eat, I eat my words. We can run the whole thing back next week. I don't think Philadelphia is getting the red zone very often this game, because I don't think they have a very good offense. And I do think the chiefs are going to get pressure in this game. I think by hook or by crook with Spagdala. If they've got to bring the house, I think that's what they're going to do. Like I just And the one thing that I actually think is really important, and this is a little deep dive here real quick. Look, Philly did not run any pre-snap motion or at the, at the snap. No motion plays at all against Dallas. Why does that matter against the Chiefs? Well, anyone who knows Steve Spagnuolo knows the Chiefs do a lot of disguising of their coverages. Now, it doesn't matter when you're, when you're complete bullshit and you're giving up 35 points a game. But they design, they, they, they try to disguise. Herbert has seen them many times before, as is Jackson, as is Mayfield. Hertz is a young kid. He has never seen this defense. And, if, and when you run pre-snap motion, that obviously helps the quarterback to decipher, is it man, is it zone, whatever. If they don't run pre-snap motion and Hertz has no idea what he's looking at, that's a major problem for Philadelphia. Re really quickly, Carm, I, I just want to throw this out there as well. Chiefs can't stop the run, right? It may have been a little bit better, yep. not great against Eckler. Eckler still had a great game, but they're 31st out of 32 teams in stopping the run. 
Now you got to deal with Jalen Hurts. If this isn't the week that Miles Sanders explodes for Philadelphia, barely had any touches last week, then you got an even worse situation on your hands. So I, I don't think it's going to be as easy for the Chiefs to be able to slow down Philadelphia because of the threat of so many guys with speed on Philadelphia's offense. Are they great offensive players? No, but it's still a threat that could extend drives, keep the defense on the field. And right now that the turnovers on the offensive side of the ball are pretty scary for Kansas City. So I, I do think this has the chance for Philadelphia to cover, even at seven and a half. Verum, you should do a Chiefs podcast or something. I uh, should. I, I'll think about it. I think there's this thing called Arrowhead Addict out there. Ben, you should like move to Kansas City or something. Oh, you you live in Kansas City and have punted on the Bears and are now a Chiefs fan. All right. I I and I kind of did the same thing, at least for a period of time. Hey, Seattle and San Fran. Uh, the Niners will be healthier this week. Uh, seemingly can't be worse, right? They're two and a half point favorites at home against Seattle who dropped their first game totals 52. Ben, the, the, the 49ers should win this game. If you look purely at how terrible Seattle has been against stopping the run, like we were talking about how bad the chiefs have been Seattle's worse. Like Kansas city's 31 Seattle's 32. And that's what the Niners do incredibly well. Now, the problem is, is that Trey Sermon, that was supposed to be his breakout game last week against Green Bay, really didn't do much. And we're going to see whether or not they're going to continue to stick with him. But it should be a healthy dose of Trey Sermon, and the 49ers should be able to make sure they take care of the ball and win that game. Here's the problem. These are the situations that Russell Wilson throughout the course of his career has done really well. He's 20-11-1 as a road underdog in his career. And Kyle Shanahan, for as much credit as we've given him, um, has been really bad in these situations, 8-19-1 and and over his career as a favorite. So are you going to go with the trends or are you going to go with what the matchup is indicative of saying? I, I think this line has a possibility to move to three. Right now, it's two and a half in favor of the 49ers. And if it does go to three, I'm going to hop on Seattle very quickly. I think this is a good matchup for them, not only to cover, possibly win outright. Uh, they've given their last two games away. And now that they're one and two, knowing what's at stake in a division that is arguably the toughest in football, I think they show up ready to play. I think they make a statement. So I like Seattle to cover. I might consider them as another teaser play, especially if I can get them past, you know, eight, eight and a half, nine points move them up as a big underdog as opposed to just right around that two and a half or three. But I, I think this is a good opportunity for Seattle and Russell Wilson to get a big one on the road. I wish the Chiefs and Seahawks would play each other because there's nobody would ever punt and the over could be a hundred. Um, look, no, I, Seattle's defense is abominable. And I don't know that there's a whole lot of upside to it. Like, I think there's just kind of what they are, right? Like Wagner's great. Adams is great in the box safety. And then it's just like a whole bunch of guys who aren't good. So I think Shanahan's going to scheme the hell out of him. That being said, you're right, Ben, about Russell Wilson. Like, this is the kind of game where he throws for like 430 yards and they just stay in the game. Seattle plays the weirdest games of anybody in the NFL. They hang in games that they shouldn't really be in. Sometimes they even pull them out. I'll take the points. Seattle to cover. I think the Niners will win, but it's also one of those early games where it's like Seattle's desperate as hell in this game. So that, there's also like, they're going to do everything possible to win. I'll take the points. Uh, I think I'll pick the Niners to win, but it's a coin flip. Like who makes a big mistake? And that's where I am on it. All right. NFC West battle top of the division. 
three and oh three and everyone's talking about the bucks and the pats but this is you can certainly make an argument the best game of the week the rams though a heavy favorite uh, and everyone as we talked about earlier or not everybody but a lot of people have the rams in the super bowl and why not a uh, six-point favorite for la ben again really good line set by WinBet, and i'm trying to evaluate whether or not I, I have to find one of the public teams to be able to move off on and, and fade them here. Right now, the public's all over the Rams. Matthew Stafford is the top MVP at plus 500 at win bet right now, and it's deservedly so. He's been terrific. Um, I'm trying to remember who had the line, but they talked about him and Sean McVay's offense really unlocking it, doing what Jared Goff hasn't been able to do. And Cooper Cup's been flat out ridiculous. Um, nobody on Arizona is going to be able to, to cover him, especially in the slot. So advantage Rams for sure. Uh, but at the same time, Arizona's 3-0, but they've had moments where they probably have gotten away with a few things, including Minnesota missing that kick. They should be 2-1 and one so far this year. It just feels like it's a large line for the Rams coming off a monster win against Tampa Bay. I, I think Arizona can keep this close, and I expect this line to continue to move in favor of the Rams. So if I can get Arizona plus six and a half, I'm probably going to take them. I also like the under in this game as well, just because the Rams defense is starting to, to get themselves figured out. Murray's going to be running for his life throughout most of the game. Uh, just a fairly high total, even though both of these two teams can score at will. So I feel like of the two NFC West matchups, this is the one that I expect to go more so towards the under compared to what we were just talking about with the Seahawks and the 49ers. Are, you, pay the are you paying attention to what Heisler's doing here, Matt? He's saying if the line moves, I kind of like the under. Like you, you, he's he's making himself impossible to pin down. I, I made a play. I said I'm taking the under on 54 and a half. I said oh. if I'm if you're if you're talking about the spread, this is how I would evaluate it over the course of the week. But okay. no, I I am pinned down. I I gave you the play <laughs> under 54 and a half, and and I'll stick with it. Okay, okay, I got I'll, it. I'll, I, I'll I, be I, succinct. I think the Rams are going to ear hole Arizona at this game. <laughs> I, I I don't think Arizona can stop them. I, I, I think pretty much it's going to be just Stafford picking apart what is not a good secondary outside of Buda Baker. Like, the Cardinals should have lost to Minnesota and really, like, had a fight with Jacksonville for about three and a half quarters. Like, got a pick six in there. Like, not exactly a game you're like, wow. Like, if you're, like I'm sorry. If you're a true, like, honest-to-God contender, you should be plowing Jacksonville. That shouldn't be a game that you need Byron Murphy to pick off Trevor Lawrence running the end zone with. Now, I like Arizona. I, I think they're I think they're a good team. I do not think they're in the same class as the Rams. And I also think Kingsbury is a brutal coach. Like, how do you kick a 68-yard field goal at the end of a half in a game that like all you have to do is avoid the biggest mistakes in the world to win, and you give up an 109-yard kick return for touchdown. Like, how is how does that happen? How yeah, does that happen? From a coaching standpoint, you don't think the the dude's going to run it back, well, so you take a shot at it. He but was, you know what? 68 yards, which then on top of it, ball short. Justin Tucker hit from 62. It was probably going to be good from, from 65. From 66, and uh, it was not 66, good for more. Sorry. Carm, it was not good for more than 66 and a half, and it's a crossbar, okay? So, no, no, no. no. Who who kicked – who? okay, I'm thinking of a different kick that just well, crossed. Well done by you. Um, <laughs> look, no, it, it's the, – the bottom line to me is, like, I like Kyler Murray. I like the Cardinals' personnel. 
I don't think they're as good as the Rams. I think this is a game that's like 34 to 20. So I would actually take the Rams to cover, to obviously win. Um, I think think right now they're the best team in football, and we're going to start hearing all this stuff about Super Bowl. It's September 28th. Like, call me on Christmas about where all these teams are. But for right now, yes, the Rams are the best team in football. Really quickly, if I can give myself a, a bit of a shameless plug here on stacking the box, because Verderam sort of led me right into it. Cliff Kingsbury, I set odds today. They're not available at WinBet, but I set odds for the, the first coach to be fired in the NFL. And I think it'll surprise a lot of people that one of those six candidates I had listed, Cliff Kingsbury, 25 to 1. So he's at the bottom of the list, but Cardinals' next three games coming up, two in the division. At Cleveland on the road, I, I think they go. Um, yeah, they're they're hosting San Francisco in addition to two road games. They could be staring three and three in the face after a three and zero start. And a lot of people might be wondering: Is, is Cliff the right guy to to go ahead and, and get us over the top? Is this going to be a wasted season with all the veterans we have here? Just wouldn't be surprised. Who was number one? Number one. Let, let's. I want you guys to guess. Who, who do you guys think number one? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and guess the guy who couldn't scheme up 50 yards of offense. No, he better not be number one. He ain't going anywhere right now. I don't know, man. It's a tough call. I don't see anybody on the hot seat right now. Uh, you're not saying Pete Carroll. Go ahead. I went with Joe Judge. You were my Giants. second choice. <laughs> Joe He's Judge, not, four to was... one odds, followed by Mike Zimmer at plus 550, and then Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears at six to one, just because there's no precedent for the Bears to fire a head coach in the middle of the season. I think it. They get their asses kicked by the the Lions. It's a completely different ballgame. But, but Joe Judge was like beloved three games ago. He, they're not firing Joe Judge. That'd be terrible, right? I think change quickly. It's, yeah, they're zero three in a winnable division. They've given two games away. It's not reflecting on him right now. All throughout the the off season, he was yelling at guys and people were fighting and players were starting to not be amused by this act anymore. I, I think this is wearing pretty thin. Hey, Ben, that's why they get that's why they pay you the big bucks, brother. You come up with a Joe Judge, and maybe you'll be right on that. I, I hey. it ain't gonna be Matt Nagy. That dude is making it through the season. He might get fired from uh, being the offensive coordinator, which uh needs to happen. All right, two more to go quickly. Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Packers are a three and a half point favorite. I for one fully enjoy the post-game interview with Aaron on the field. Isn't football great? Oh, the dude still loves playing the game. Maybe he'll play as long as Brady. Maybe that. Maybe any team should be considering Aaron Rodgers after this year when he leaves Green Bay. But what do you guys got this week? Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, he said, "Isn't football romantic?" Yeah. In addition to, to being sl- great, sleep with a football. I respect it. Yeah, everybody's got their own shtick. Rodgers and the Packers, by the way, if we're talking about fading the public. Boy, has this line exploded. It's gone from opening at minus three and a half to minus six and a half for the Packers on the road against the Steelers team that I thought would come out and play at least better defensively against Joe Burrow, who turned the ball three straight times against the Bears in week two. Didn't happen. Burrow, Jamar Chase, who's now moving up the odds for offensive rookie of the year, looked outstanding. Pittsburgh's a mess. Ben Roethlisberger's a complete shell of himself. There is a stat that we wrote about over at BetSided that he's now completing only 43% of his passes on target, according to Pro Football Focus. That's down from like 73% last year. 
it's abysmal. But as long as the public, this is going to be the public play of the week. Everyone's going to be all over Green Bay. They're back at home. They're playing well. Steelers defense, if they get TJ Watt back this week, are going to make it competitive. And I'll hold my nose and I'll do it. But if this number gets to six and a half or seven, uh, give me Pittsburgh to cover on the road in large part just because their defense plays well. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and be the public. The Packers, <laughs> the Packers are going to kill them in this. I, I, I've watched the Steelers in all these games. That stat by Pro Football Focus at 43%, like that might be generous, which is amazing considering, and I'm not even kidding with this, nine out of every 10 throws are five yards down the field. How are you that inaccurate? Like he can't do anything. And this is, look, Carm will back me on this because obviously we've been doing the pod for years together. As they were going 11-0 and last year, I was a voice in the wilderness saying he stinks this team is not anywhere near as good as this record. Like, he is going to kill them at some point in the season. And he sure did as the season wore on. Now we're three games into this year. He can't throw a pass. I mean, they have not played upper echelon defenses. They've played the Raiders. They've played the Bengals. They can't score. Like, I get the Raiders are 3-0. and I understand that. I don't think anybody looks at them and thinks, oh, they have a really good defense. Nobody thinks that about Cincinnati. And yet, Pittsburgh, it is a process for that team to get the 16, 17 points. They just can't do it. I, I always feel like if you play a team like Green Bay, you better at least get 27. They ain't getting a 27. Like I, I don't even think they're getting a 20. They're off. So I, I, will, I will take the Packers to cover that line. I love Verram's conviction on things in life for the record. Public, I'm with him. Public, I'm against him. I hate like, the public, but I, I'm with him. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. But you're not afraid to be with him when it makes sense for you. You believe, Verram, what you believe, maybe more than anybody in the history of people <laughs> believes what they believe. You're very good at believing your own beliefs. Probably not a good thing. Nah, I think it is a good thing. It certainly serves you in some ways. We can do a deep psychological dive on that another time. Ben. Let's wrap it up here. Tampa, six and a half points on the road at New England. Brady going to stomp on Belichick and tell everybody that, of course, I was the guy that was of supreme value here, and this dude just coached me. That's what's happening. I'm excited to see it. I'm incredibly excited to see it. And Brady's already come out and there've been you know, a couple of conversations that he's had from the national side where he's talked about how he knows everything that New England is gonna do to prepare for him. And they know what's gonna be said in the locker room. And they know that this is how they're gonna scheme against him and what Belichick's gonna talk to his team about. If you're Bill Belichick, let's just think about this for a quick second. If, if Brady comes out and actually does the one thing that the Patriots have always preached not to do, which is provide any sort of bulletin board material or anything that's going to provide some sort of an edge, if you're the best coach to ever do it in Belichick, aren't you taking a look at those comments and saying, everything that Brady thinks we're going to do, we need to do the opposite of? We need to confuse him. We need to make sure that what he sees is nothing like what he's accustomed to seeing. Like this is to me it is a fascinating chess battle because I want to see the coach Belichick try to scheme up against the guy who knows him better than anybody. And the fun part about this about this line is it's going to continue to go up bucks and bucks and bucks and bucks. Like it's already climbing. It's six and a half. It's 
I can't figure out where the sports books are going to end this line because the public's going to be all over it. I think the sharps are going to come in at New England until it gets to that line of seven. And then I think the public's going to push it over the top. And, and so if I can get the Patriots seven and a half at home, even against Brady, because Brady just wants the win. And yeah, he'd like to be able to stick it to him a little bit. But if Belichick is the coach that we all believe him to be, I think they're going to scheme up something that is going to confuse Brady for at least a little bit, maybe catch him off guard. And if you can get that and actually make some plays on the offensive side of the ball, because we talked about it last week, guys, the, the Bucks corners have not been good this year. So if you can get any sort of opportunities to confuse them, get some movement downfield, run the ball. Yeah. I, I think the Patriots at plus seven and a half is another public or excuse me, as another uh, favorite for new England uh, just, I, I think this is the play. I, I like the Patriots provided that they can get that number past seven, seven and a half. I'm, I'm riding with the public hard this week, hard. They're going to, they are going to crush New England. I, it was like the third time. I'm really, I'm really, I do have a lot of conviction this week. I do. And, and maybe that'll come back and bite me in the ass. I, like, I guess I look at this game and I think to myself, if I bet on New England, I've got to go into that game and see Brady fired up out of his mind and then look at Mac Jones and be like, all right, here we go. I'm not betting on Mac Jones in this game. And it's not even because I don't like Mac Jones. It's just you're going against Brady. Like, has anyone ever been in a harder spot in their life than in this game? Like, you're getting Brady, who is going to want to kill them and has all the weaponry to do it. And you're going against Mac Jones, who – is the ultimate, like, hey, check it down, check it down, check it down. I I agree with you that Belichick will have wrinkles for Brady, and he'll give him some problems early in the game. I agree. I think that will happen. However, because Brady's been an NFL quarterback for about 59 years, I think he's also eventually going to figure it out. And when he does, it's a boat racing. Because New England just does not have anywhere near the talent to keep up with this game. Like, they just got killed by New Orleans. So – I like I like Tampa by a couple of touchdowns. I do. I, I I normally worry about the road favorite, especially in prime time. Especially in prime time, this is an exception for me because of Brady and all the circumstances and everything else. All right, one of our lengthiest prediction segments in the history of prediction segments, but I enjoyed every damn second of it. Ben Heisler is the managing editor at BetSided. Check all your bets out at WinBet.com, and Ben. We're going to see you next week, buddy. I see you next that. week. I'm glad. We, we went long, Carm, so you had the opportunity to write all those plays down. So now uh, you can actually right. come back and hold us accountable. It's on, it's on the document. I started writing them down. I was like, you know what? This is a bad plan. I'm going to lose this year. Your arm probably got tired because we were talking yeah, so much. Right. And well, I was, I was, if it's seven and a half, if we go here, I was, I was trying to figure out where we're at here, but I got it. Uh, I, although I'm a little confused and if you're, what happens if it's six, six, six and a half on new England, I still put you with the pats. So you got them. You know, give me no, the pats plus six and a half, wherever it is. You've got new England thing moves to four. You've got the pats. All right. Uh, we know that's not going to happen. Ben. Thanks brother. See you guys. Come back and wrap up stacking the box in a second. Introducing under armors, infinity high sports bra. It's ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, 
you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I know this is, uh, there's a special person who just turned four years old. If anybody noticed and watched this on YouTube that there's two backgrounds in the show, uh, it's because Vertoram's internet went out early going here. So That's true. I ended up switching locations. And I partly think you just faked an internet collapse so you could go spend time with your daughter, which I respect fully if you did that. So you can out yourself right now. It's okay. No, I, I didn't. But when it went out, she came flying downstairs because the Apple TV went out. And <laughs> she was like, you have to play with me. You have to keep me out. She's home today. Her daycare is closed for the day. It's a long story. But her birthday was yesterday. It was on Monday. Her four years old. And I cannot believe she's four years old. I, I really like, you know, you always have all these cliches, you know, time flies. Also. Like I was looking at her yesterday and she was running around an arcade in the mall and she's playing all the games and we're, we're sitting there shooting zombies in the one game and then she's playing skeeter ball in the next. We're playing air hockey and we're playing, you know, whatever else she can find and we're picking, you know, and we're, we're gaming the systems. We can win a ton of tickets so I can get her all this candy. <laughs> and um, I just can't believe it. she's four years old. Like I cannot believe that my little girl is four and in a year from now, depending on how the school year falls, if she's right to cut off, might be in kindergarten. Um, it's just, it's wild, but I am so proud of her. She's such a great kid. She's such a loving, sweet little girl. Um, you know, and it's, it's just, but it is, it's, it's, it's wild to think. Like, I don't think of, I'm 33. I don't think of myself ever as like a full fledged adult. I think of myself basically as like a man child. And the fact that we have a four-year-old daughter is just incredible to me. But I'm, I'm glad she had a good birthday yesterday. She ate herself almost sick with candy. And uh, I got her, we got her, um, a motorized Jeep. And she's been riding around on that. She loves it. It's got Bluetooth and a stereo system. <laughs> and uh, she blasts Green Day. She loves Green Day. She just drives around playing it. And I'm glad. Good for her. She deserves it. So I, I love how much you care, and uh, I and I and I think it's just also incredible that literally anyone, as I sit here in my elderly age, still debating whether having kids, that anybody is able to actually be a parent and take care of someone. It seems like the biggest challenge of all time. I'm in charge of this thing. Are you kidding me? Uh, pretty amazing. So congratulations, buddy. Um, I'm, you're. Uh, you obviously, uh, you know, you care about your, your football, but uh, your, your daughter and your family is number one, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, what, what can I add on to the end of this podcast as for what is going on with good old The dog's still alive? Dog is still alive. Poppy's doing yeah. great. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Mount Carmel High School, Verderam, one of the powerhouses in the state of Illinois, they're, they've won. They've been to the playoffs 35 times. They got 13 state championships. All that. So I was doing play-by-play for St. Ignatius High School, who has never made the playoffs, but finally has a good team, and they run the triple option. And I don't think anyone in the history of internet broadcasting on YouTube has called a worse game as far as knowing where the football was than me. This dude at quarterback was so slick 
I'm like, uh, Petro the keeper. No, that was a handoff to a guy. Regai's got it. No, actually, that's Petro. Okay. I mean, it was comical how bad I was. But um, they upset Mount Carmel. Congratulations to the St. Ignatius Wolfpack. A huge win at Fornelli Field on a Friday night. And if you ever want to come on down to uh, do some color commentary, I would love to have you. And I know that you got to go. So, hey, uh, please thank you so much for listening. And for any of you who made it this far, you have to positively Put in the comments what panic looks like as a football fan. I want to know what it looks like. We could discuss it next week. Good to be with you, buddy. You as well, sir. Enjoy week four. We're kicking it off with a classic. Jags, Bengals, two fan bases that can't be any more depressed. Let's get it. Cincinnati, I like you. You're under – You get. You, there's something left in that. They're Bengals. about to be three and one. Let's go, Cincy. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and stacking the box. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.